Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, pal, Dino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Double Twist, and of course, Google Podcasts. I should have said Google Podcasts second, probably, but you get the idea. That's like the number two thing I got to think now, the number one Android application for podcasting, because it's basically a mirror of iTunes for Android devices. So, welcome aboard there. Of course, uh... I don't know. I don't even want to talk about today's game. Most of you, you saw the game. Is it an easy decision to uh, say this team is disappointing? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Okay, you can probably guess who I'm imitating there. That was, of course, Mike Zimmer after he had released uh, Daniel Carlson. Yep, the Vikings added uh, <clears throat> Daniel Bailey. We added another Dan. Uh, he made a nice uh, attempt on a squid kick today. It was actually a really good one, but the Vikings couldn't do that right either. After Bailey's nice kick, he had a nice opening game kickoff, and <clears throat> that was the old uh, that was the old ball game for Daniel Bailey today. Oh, he'll be back as we head for uh, Los Angeles on Thursday. But I think Bailey's probably one of two people that showed up for the entire game today when it came to uh, well, guys wearing purple uniforms anyway. As the Vikings end up losing the game, a final score of twenty-seven to six, but might as well have just been twenty-seven to zero. Unbelief. And that's the title of today's episode because that's what the score was at the half and the game was essentially over at that time. Yep, the Vikings finally added a touchdown much, much later. And okay, maybe we had somewhat of a chance, kind of, but not really after that because every single opportunity this offense had to do anything, they ended up failing. They ended up failing. Interception was thrown. Uh, passes dropped, uh, or Kirk Cousins would get sacked for the umpteenth time or be forced to throw an incomplete pass. That's the kind of game it was. You saw the game, and I don't really, again, have a whole lot to say. I'm going to keep it shorter today because I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, but I'll talk about it enough. I'll analyze it. <laughs> yep, saw the whole game, just like the rest of you. The first quarter says it all. Second quarter says it all, too. Uh, 17 nothing Buffalo after the first quarter, 10 nothing. <laughs> Second quarter, which of course twenty-seven to zero at the half. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, Kirk Cousins again hurried and rushed throughout the day, pressured the entire day. Uh, Riley Reef was awful in the entire game. Rashad Hill was injured again, and Brian O'Neill didn't fare all so well either. He even hurt his knee a little bit, but still was able to play the rest of the game. Uh, Brian O'Neill, of course, God bless him, the right tackle. Rashad Hill again. Hurt again. Kind of going to be off and on Gimpy, I think, most of the season. Pat Offline debuted later in the game. Was nothing special. Brett Jones was pretty below average, as you might imagine. I don't know. That leaves Tom Compton. Nobody's really complaining too much about him, I guess. But, I don't know. He's just an average journeyman left guard in the NFL. But, I guess he was the best player on the offensive line today. I guess, because nobody really complained about him as much. But, generally speaking, um, Kurt Cousins backside was <laughs> under pressure the entire game. The entire game. And Kirk Cousins wasn't particularly accurate necessarily at times that would have been very uh, helpful. Players open downfield. Were their routes cut off? Eh, yeah, a little bit, but still overthrown badly. Um, opportunities for Adam Thielen to make big plays. Yeah, sure, his route may have been cut off a bit, but still the ball was badly overthrown. Same for the Stefan Diggs in situations I don't know how Kirk Cousins managed these numbers, but then again, of course he did because the Vikings attempted uh, how many rushes in today's game? That's right, six. Count them. Yeah, six. What? I mean, that's f f 
freaking awful. Yes, the same amount of rushes. Uh, I don't need to say it a third time because I don't like to say that number three times in a row. You can imagine why that as well. Uh, <laughs> that's not a lot of rushes, but of course, when you're playing from behind at home against the Buffalo Bills or anybody else, but still, <laughs> just happens to be this team, the Buffalo Bills, you're going to be passing more than rushing, and the running game was pretty ineffective throughout the game. There was that one handoff. It was a highlight play. It was pretty nice. Well, it wasn't a highlight, but it was one of the few first downs the Vikings were able to convert throughout the entire game. 11-yard scammer from Brett Bo- uh, Mike Boone. I just called him Brett Boone. That's a baseball player. Getting him mixed up with God knows who there. Brett Jones, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Uh... <laughs> Mike Boone's blocking was poor in the game as well. I mean, nobody was blocking well. David Morgan was certainly missed in that category, blocking. And, well, uh, somebody down the field. That could have been another option, I suppose. Laquan Treadwell had a nice game, I guess. He didn't drop any passes. (laughs) He caught all four of his target attempts in 33 yards. He also uh, did a famous little first down pose when the Vikings were already down by a bajillion points. That's great. So, thanks, Treadwell, for catching everything. Apparently, he has a dislocated finger. I guess that's one of the passes that probably went through uh, Laquan Treadwell's hands that may have happened at that moment. Uh, God bless him there. Hope it heals up, I suppose. That was again last week that the his, one of his fingers is uh, dislocated. C.J. Ham actually had 47 yards receiving, if you can believe that. But of course, well, <laughs> her Cousins had to throw the ball to somebody and C.J. Ham dropped one of the key plays later on. A third down that would have helped the Vikings a little bit. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was the only Viking to get into the end zone today. Good good play, but too little, too late. 14 catches for Adam Thielen. That's great. He was targeted 19 times. Stefan Diggs was covered, uh, targeted 10 times, overthrown about six of them. Yeah, basically, as that so many times was missed. Uh, only four catches for Stefan Diggs, 17 yards in the game. Aldrich Robinson, nice debut, kind of. 21-yard return and a 9-yard reception, and that's it. But generally speaking, is an awful, 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 awful game. I'm just reading off numbers because, well, sure, the passing numbers look good, but then again, I'm just letting you know <laughs> with what they were, I suppose. But it's like they look good, but that's because every play had to be a passing play, again, because the Vikings were trailing pretty much from the get-go. Again, Kirk Cousins giving up a fumble, which gave Buffalo very positive uh, field position. Buffalo scoring early and often in this game because of that. Josh Allen, well, he heard the critics and all that. And it was only his third game in the NFL. Or is it his second? Actually, it's third. Yeah, but because Peterman was taken out pretty early after having an awful game. Josh Allen debuted a couple weeks back. He had an overall very, very nice game. Well, I I talked about the offense, which was extremely disappointing throughout the entire day. It was way better in the second half, but again, couldn't get anything done. Couldn't convert fourth downs, couldn't convert third downs, couldn't convert this, couldn't convert that. We just give up a couple, or Buffalo gave up a couple yards, and then ultimately at the end of the day, it was all for naught. The Vikings get one touchdown and go for two for whatever reason, you know. That's cute, I guess. Just trying to get cute, I suppose. Might as well give let Dan Bailey get a standing ovation for making an extra point. But I suppose Daniel Carlson made those. <clears throat> Didn't make much else. Mm, yeah, I'm in a somber mood. I'm sure you are as well. How could you not be? <laughs> 27 nothing against Buffalo. We were down 27 nothing against Buffalo for a long time. I don't know, man. <laughs> With three Until three minutes remaining in the game. I mean, that's adorable. That's just wonderful, isn't it? Three minutes remaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I can't. I I don't know. Um, I don't know what to tell you other than it just this game sucks so much ass. Ah, <sighs> ah. Uh, you saw Anthony Barr miss tackles. You saw Anthony Barr just he just couldn't even keep up with Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen's the greatest athlete ever. I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. I, I, Josh Allen, sure, give him credit. Good effort. Nice speed. I've got to think Anthony Barr should have got to him before he got in the end zone, but okay, that wasn't the worst play of the game for Anthony Barr. It's just one of many, though, where he just couldn't get the couldn't get the job done. Josh Allen literally jumped over Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr gets called for a horse collar, which is just disgusting. The play would have been dead. That's the other thing. This is, the defense shot themselves in the foot so many times in this game, giving Buffalo opportunities that, well, the drive would have been over. Would have been fourth down. Buffalo would have had to punt. Or kick a field goal, or God knows whatever it was. <laughs> but it's just alarming. You know, I mean, the play was over. Wilson earned a sack, his first NFL sack, and Linval Joseph, probably my favorite player on the defensive side of the ball, other than Daniil Hunter. Contact to the head, unbelievable. And then later on, a face mask call against Anthony Barr. The horse collar against Anthony Barr. Or actually, it was Kendricks with a face mask. Pardon me. Everybody sucked in today's game. Bad angles by the safeties. Anderson Dejo was mediocre at best. Trey Waynes was terrible. He, he had an interception that he couldn't hang on to. Just couldn't hang on to. Of course he couldn't hang on to that. Multiple fumbles by Josh Allen in the game. Vikings just magically couldn't recover. The ball magically bounced that way. Vikings could not get to it. There was time to get to the ball, but they didn't get to it. Plain and simple. Several opportunities for the Vikings to get back in this game, and they just, there was no life. There was no pulse. You grab their wrist, there's nothing there. No pulse. No beating heart at all in this game. Nothing. Zilch. But Kirk Cousins almost threw for 300 yards, though, so <clears throat> almost sexy numbers. You know, almost even got an 83.6 quarterback rating. Not bad, right? Nah, whatever. Mediocre at best, and that's, again, only because he had to pass the ball about a bajillion times. Ah, boy, the L.A. Bowl over there, Chargers versus Rams. Looking like a, not a good day for, looking like it's not going to be a pretty day coming up either on Thursday. Four days rest, and Rams just getting ready, beating up on the Chargers, believe it or not, as good as the Chargers are. And they're threatening, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling good about next week either. Anthony Barr just drove me absolutely nuts, though. I mean, again, you have them stopped. That means you're getting the ball back. That means Buffalo's not going to score on this drive. Oh shoot! Let's just let's just let them keep the drive going. Come on, we're we're nice. We feel sorry for Buffalo because they're just so awful. Remember, they lost forty-seven to nothing at the beginning of the season, right? Or forty-seven-three. Oh, sorry, they got a field goal, and they got hammered last week as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Let you know, we'll be okay. It's just Buffalo, and we're at home. Well, you dig a hole like that, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Um, just dog dookie. That's really what it was. The title of the episode says everything. 27-0. 27-0 at home against the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> why even Why even Tom comment further? It's, it says it all. It really does. So, I don't even know where else to go at this point. I'm very pleased with uh, Matt Weil. He had a 70-yard punt in the game. That was awesome. <laughs> Even Mike Hughes was awful in the game, though. Bad angles. He, he missed tackles. Multiple missed tackles by Mike Hughes. He missed tackles last week, too. Uh, he got jumped over on one of the plays last week. That was 
irritating. Um, bad miss, bad tackling last week as well. As yucky as the offense was today, and it was awful, it was just awful. But the defense, again, I mean, I don't understand how bad they can be. How, how can they be this bad? I guess Darren Rodgers is one thing, but you got to remember Rodgers is gimpy, and the Packers didn't do well today. Hint, hint. That's good. Keeps the Vikings alive, and the Bears aren't doing so good against Arizona and Sam Bradford either, which is kind of funny. So that's the good part. Maybe we'll win the worst division in football, and we'll see how good that does us in the first round of the playoffs, since it looks like wildcard week is calling, you know, <laughs> at this point. I mean, if we're going to get a first-round buy, we've got uh, some pretty impressive wins to accomplish in order to get there at this point, because we're digging a hole now, and it's not cool. We're digging a hole very quickly, especially, <laughs> and with the, the schedule coming up, it's going to be a hard time. Uh, we're going to have a hell of a time getting out of it, so we'll just have to wait and see there. But again, the defense, very questionable at best. The offensive line protection was as bad as it gets. Awful. Uh, the Vikings secondary and the Vikings offensive line was the most alarming for me throughout the game. And the fumbling, rearing its ugly head with... Our quarterback, our $84 million quarterback who lit up the Packers in the second half of the game last week. He was skittish in the first half, lit them up in the second half. Kirk Cousins is very well known for the fumbling. He fumbled 14 times last year, and he's got two fumbles lost already this year in, in one game. So, very interesting. So, we'll have to wait and see how that continues. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully that doesn't continue to be a trend, but it has been throughout his career, unfortunately. There, everybody's got flaws, and that's his. Matt Weil, though, five punts, average of 51.8, a long of 70, a touchback, and in the 20, unfortunately, a touchback is not good for the punter, but, well, only one of them was in the 20, but, again, when you're pinned back so far, what do you expect? Matt Weil is your Fran Tarkington Award winner for the uh, for this game. Matt Weil, he's the only one that played well in this game, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not giving it to anybody else. And the Christian Potter Memorial... It's kind of everybody, but if you have to give it to one player, and I think there is one player that drove me more crazy than anybody else, and that kind of set the tone for where the Vikings were today. You could say multiple players on defense, but one guy really, 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 really got it going, and that's Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is the Christian Ponder Memorial. I, I have to give it to him over everybody else, but generally the defense was awful. The offensive line was awful. Riley Reef should get it on the offensive side. He's going to get the offensive uh, Christian Ponder Memorial because he did not protect... Kirk Cousins at all, and that set the tone for the rest of the game. I mean, he was the other, he was on the other side, destroyed Riley Reef throughout the game, and I don't know what's going on, if Reef is hurt or what, but according to all accounts, the guy was slow throughout the game. He was just a step slow, and Hughes ate him alive throughout the entire game. So, Jerry Hughes, that is, and it's just, you just sit here and sit here and uh, kind of stun silence, I guess. I mean, I'm kind of I don't have a whole lot to say about this one other than we got our butts kicked by a team that shouldn't have kicked our butts at all. This is a game most people, in fact, 99% of the population probably had marked green for W with with a green W, not a red L, but there's a red L now on the schedule. And the Vikings have a lot of work to do going into Los Angeles and only four days to prepare for it. And, well, I guess that's what we'll talk about next. Again, Tarkenton Award, Matt Weil, the punter. <laughs> Christian Potter Memorial will be shared by Anthony Barr on the defensive side and Riley Reef on the offensive side. Many, many other candidates and many other people deserve it, but again, those two guys I think stood out the most in today's loss. And that should wrap it up.
we'll be back right after this to look over the NFL and, of course, preview the game against the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be a toughie. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, a little rounding up the NFL, previewing the uh, Minnesota Vikings' visit to the so-called City of Angels and the uh, Los Angeles Rams as they're back in Los Angeles again as of last season or so. A couple of years here now. <laughs> well, here we are. Yeah, here come the Vikings once again. Uh, well, let's just look at the uh, schedule here. Cleveland over New York. Cleveland Browns finally win their first game since 2016 after they struggled really hard even in 2016. One win that year, zero the next year. Rough go there for a Hugh Jackson and the Browns, but they finally got their first win. Uh, rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback, and today we saw a rookie quarterback and saw the ill effects of a breakout game uh, against us, along with a, about a bajillion defensive breakdowns and everything else that could possibly go wrong, just about, other than a power outage or something, but maybe that would have helped us. Yeah, you got to see Sam Rosen debut. We'll talk about that in a second. Poor Sam Bradford. Gosh, I was against the Bears. Cleveland Browns, though, on Thursday, which is, uh, you know, a week from Minnesota and Los Angeles in that case, 21-17, to Cleveland Browns win in Brown Stadium. Congratulations. They have the same record as the Vikings at this moment, 1-1-1, one, one, and one. so... Minnesota and Cleveland on the same uh, same stratosphere here three weeks into the season. So makes you feel uh, real warm and fuzzy and puts you uh, really puts things into perspective of where the Vikings are at right now. Sam Darnold, yucky game against a decent Cleveland defense, to be quite honest. We saw how frustrating they could be to play against at times. Baker Mayfield had a good game. At the end of the day, poor Tyrod Taylor injured in the game, and we'll see what happens with him. Baker Mayfield, though, 100, yard, uh, 100 uh, quarterback rating, 201 yards. Didn't throw for his first touchdown pass, but 201 yards overall, 74%. Was pretty good, uh, better than Sam Darnold, so good for him. At the end of the day, Baker Mayfield getting the job done, helped that he was at home, this and that. I feel good for him. I feel good for the uh, Cleveland Browns getting something going. So congratulations, uh Carlos Hyde, really strong game as well. Two touchdowns for fantasy ballers out there. 98 yards on the ground as well for him. So, good overall game. I do think if Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback for the Jets, that uh, their chances of winning would be a little better, but that's okay. Kind of is what it is, isn't it? Cleveland, 17. <laughs> Cleveland, 20. 21 to 17. You know, that's got to feel good for them. It's attempt to move around. Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers try to go 3-0 against a Pittsburgh team that is winless, 0-1-1. And that team is weird. Uh, all kinds of problems going on, along with their quarterback. He's, he's not the same guy. Their defense isn't the same. Uh, Antonio Brown is just a, is a diva of all divas. Kind of like he's, he's kind of like the Jimmy Butler of the NFL right now. And then, well, yeah, gee, gee, the whole running back situation as well is not so good over there in Pittsburgh. Obviously, he's holding out, and there's a lot of mess going on in Pittsburgh. I don't think they're making the playoffs. People out there thinking they're going to go to the Super Bowl? Nah, I don't think they're even going to make it. And 
I kind of think the local team is in big trouble right now uh, as to making the playoffs. Too many indicators at this moment. And, well, there have been indicators going back to the San Francisco game. I think the Vikings could have been in big trouble in that game as well if a guy named Kittle would have caught that bleeping ball. But thank you for not, uh, thank you for not catching it. New Orleans with a pretty exciting overtime win in Atlanta, Georgia. So, wow, how about that? 43-37, touchdown, a walk-off touchdown for the New Orleans Saints. 43-37 over Atlanta. A couple of high-priced quarterbacks there. <clears throat> Drew Brees has passed Brett Favre in all, all NFL all-time completions, so congratulations there. Not, not, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you knew Drew Brees is right there at the top because his numbers every single year are like 5,000 yards, like 40 touchdowns. I mean, it's like every year, and he just keeps doing it ever since he went to New Orleans. And his last couple of years in San Diego were pretty good. 80%, 400 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That's about Drew Brees for you. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, another future Hall of Famer. Five touchdowns in the game. Pretty epic, actually. Better numbers than Drew Brees. But the Saints had the higher score at the end and got the job done when it mattered most in overtime. So Drew Brees was able to actually <laughs> rush the ball into the end zone, if you can believe that as he was able to guide his club to the goal line, and Drew Brees ended up finishing the job at 39 years of age. A fellow 79er, if you can get uh, guessed on that one. That's the year we were both born. Ellen Kamara with his 66 yards rushing, but receiving is usually where he steps up. 124, 15 catches. That guy just, every time he scares the crap out of me. Michael Thomas, again, proving every doubter wrong in the world. 129 yards, caught everything coming his way. Fun game to watch if you like offense, and if you don't like uh, defense that isn't so great, well, eh, not not your day. But then again, the offenses were so good, it almost didn't matter if the defenses were good or not. That's kind of the bottom line. But an exciting NFC South uh, barn burner there. And a huge, huge, huge win for New Orleans Saints, uh, the New Orleans Saints and their fan base there. Uh, not myself included with that one. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Ten touchdowns in his first two games as an NFL quarterback. That's pretty crazy. 38 more points against the uh, San Francisco 49ers today. Jimmy Garoppolo was also injured, and we'll see what happens there. That's kind of sad. So he was carted off and with an apparent knee injury. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he's able to come back like Aaron Rodgers did. For his sake, San Francisco not off to a good start. Garoppolo loses his second game as an NFL quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, 3-0. and for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have done this before where they start off real good and then nothing happens, but Patrick now 13-0 and with the whole quarter with a touchdown interception deal, 13 touchdowns in his first three games. He just continues to dominate. Uh, Garoppolo, solid game, but again got injured, both of them with quarterbacks in the 100-teens there. Nice overall game for both teams, but Kansas City just a better club. Kansas City built a massive lead in the game. San Francisco, nice little comeback, but then again Garoppolo carted off. And we'll see what happens with him very late in the game. George Kittle, yeah, he didn't get in the end zone again. That's kind of funny. But yeah, that's again, that's the guy that could have knocked the Vikings out, along with others there in San Francisco in week one. Hmm. Yeah, let's just keep moving. We got the Rams game to preview, and yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Oof, boy. Miami Dolphins over the Oakland Raiders. They're 3-0 and for the first time since 2002, and that's pretty wild especially considering Oakland and all that excitement they're going in. Just two years ago, they looked like a Super Bowl team. Derek Carr gets hurt, broken ankle. <sighs> Boy, and then you got uh, John Gruden as a head coach, and he's on an 0-3 start, and he's losing to teams that he probably shouldn't be losing to. They're just not up to the challenge. And Ryan Danahill coming back from that ACL last year, 
perfect game against an awful uh, Oakland defense, an apparent awful Oakland defense that used to be good, but a certain linebacker is no longer on the uh, Oakland Raiders, and he did a hell of a job today for the Bears. We all know who that is. Khalil Mack, of course. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Tannehill just tore that team apart. Virtually a perfect quarterback rating. Just add about <laughs> just add about five points there to that quarterback rating, and he's perfect. Oh, boy. Mm, crushed him. Just absolutely crushed him. But then again, 28-20 isn't the worst score ever, but Miami getting the job done in a huge way. Jordy Nelson turning back the clock, though. 173 yards. Definitely a favorite target, at least today, for Derek Carr. It's still not enough for the Oaktown Raiders. Just think keeps popping up in my way. Philadelphia was able to inch past the Indianapolis Colts. They're 3-0 now, which is irritating. Well, 2-1, pardon me. Forgot they actually lost a game, didn't they? 20-16. Oh, Indianapolis Colts, not so special. Carson Wentz is back. Good for him. Andrew Luck has been back, and he's just okay now. He's just okay, but he doesn't have a whole lot to throw to. Carson Wentz, about 68%. He threw a touchdown and interception. Another spectacular day. Not the best day of his life, and he even lost a fumble in the game, but the Eagles still survive a mediocre at best uh, Indianapolis team. So we'll see what happens with Carson Wentz and the Eagles in the future weeks. I'm sure they'll just continue to get better and better, and, well, we'll just kind of do what we do. Hopefully continue to get better as well. Carolina over Cincinnati, 31-21. to I'm not going to really look into that one, but uh, Carolina kind of continuing to roll. Cincinnati has lost a couple games in a row. Titans and Jaguars. Oh, after the Jaguars blew out the, the uh, New England Patriots last week. And then they turn out with this. And this was in Jacksonville. Or, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, this one was in Jacksonville. Last week was in New England. The Jaguars blew out the Patriots, who aren't scoring against the, the Detroit Lions so far. And, oh, Matt Patricia. Oh, Matt Patricia's back. Old Ben, but don't break himself. And they're actually not playing that way. They're actually playing, playing fairly decent defense against a struggling Patriots team. Um, but a 9-6 to win for the Titans over Jacksonville. Only six points for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's, uh, that team's weird. I don't know. But when Blake Bortles is your quarterback, I guess you're going to have weird numbers all the time at the end of the day. Blaine Gabbert, that's a guy that was taken a year or so before Bortles and I don't know. Not a good day. Uh, not a good day for Bortles at all. Mariota's back. That's good, but not an exciting game for him either. Just, ugh. I don't know. That's not the kind of game you'd want to watch. But the, the Titans' defense has been excellent, and that's why they're in first place in their division. So good on them. Yep. We'll get back to the NFC North here in a second. If I could ever get this thing to do what I want it to do. <laughs> Stupid. Baltimore Ravens over the Denver Broncos, 27-14. Yup, that's a nice win for Baltimore again. The New York Giants beating the Houston Texans, 27-22. That's a pretty good win for the Giants in Houston. The Houston kind of underachieving to start off the season, to be quite honest. Seattle over the Dallas Cowboys. So the Seahawks kind of getting back in the swing of things again, finally, with their 12-man there in Seattle, CenturyLink Field. They finally get their first win in the season. <laughs> Good for them, I suppose. Dak Prescott, nothing special. Again, only about 55%. Two interceptions in the game. Wilson, a little better. But neither quarterback really stood out that much, at least in the passing department. As uh, even Wilson, didn't even, Wilson only rushed the ball twice. He didn't even get mobile much today, at least in terms of the yardage department. Maybe scrambling around a little bit and getting rid of the ball. But... Oh, well. Hey, Seattle finally won a game, and good for them. The Cowboys 
are now 1-2 and two on the season, so neither one of them really knocking on the playoff door at this moment. And that's okay with me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm in a somber mood. Do you blame me? Do you blame me for being in a somber mood at this moment? <laughs> Wouldn't I mean, aren't, aren't you as well? <sighs> Gotta get back to that. I just want to talk about the NFC North here, but I can't yet. Okay, here we go. Yes, now we can. Oh, Sam Bradford, I feel for him. Arizona was up 14-0. Bradford was looking good. Looked like Arizona was going to get their first win of the year. The Bears start to inch back into it. It starts to get a little bit closer. Bradford's got his team driving down the field. And on second and eight, I believe it was, second and ten, the guy tries to, uh, (laughs) the guy tries to scramble forward a little bit, tries to get a couple yards. I'm not sure what he's thinking here. A guy who's not really known for being mobile. Kind of dives forward, but doesn't really dive. He just kind of lunges forward. Doesn't protect the ball well. Khalil Mack knocks the ball away. Chicago Bears recover. And, well, things just don't turn out too good. Chicago Bears end up driving down the field enough to make a field goal. You get to see uh, Josh Rosen debut. He looks good for a little while, then underthrows the receiver, intercepted, and that was kind of all she wrote. You get one more chance, but that also didn't really lead to a whole lot. And, boy, Arizona, that's a frustrating loss. And Chicago, don't look now, but they're in first place in the North. The Chicago Bears are the division leaders, and a lot of us knew that was going to be a possibility, especially when the Bears probably should have beaten the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers should probably be winless today. They should probably be 0-3 today, which is really frustrating. Crazy to think the Bears should be, well, 3-0. and yeah. And the Vikings should be 2-1 and one today, which would be a little better than, yeah, what we are. 1-1-1, one, one, and one, which is not looking good right now. Chicago Bears in first place in the NFC North. Oh, boy. And Detroit is beating the New England Patriots in Detroit at the moment. So that's not good, of course. Detroit Lions trying to get their first win. and Oh, boy. Well, they'd still be in last place, but barely at this point. I'm frustrated. And do you blame me? Ugh. <sighs> Mm. Or would they be in last place? Yeah, they would, because they have two losses. Ugh, Detroit's actually beating the Patriots. That can't feel good for the New England Patriots. Yucky game last week, and I don't know. I'm Maybe this finally is it for the Patriots, so we'll have to wait and see with that. Green Bay Packers. Yes, the Green Bay Packers did lose today to the Washington Redskins. Alex Smith did his job today, boy. Yes, he did. He earned his contract, and... There's a certain guy over there that also probably has a little dislike for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers was okay. He didn't turn the ball over, but he did get sacked four times. 265 yards overall. Not the most accurate day for him of all time. A 93.5 quarterback rating. Alex Smith, excellent. He did have an interception, but 110 quarterback rating. A couple touchdowns. But generally speaking, the running game really helped today in a big way. And uh, Adrian Peterson got in the end zone twice in 120 yards. 6.3 yards a carry. And he was loose for 41 at one point in the game. Uh, these numbers look a lot like 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, don't they? Doesn't this look like Adrian Peterson of old? Well, it does. And Adrian had a hell of a game today for the Washington Redskins. And if there was a big giant, I'm trying to think of somebody, Doug Williams award for the uh, Washington Redskins, <laughs> Joe Gibbs or Doug, Doug Williams, we'll go with Doug Williams award. He helped the Redskins win a couple Super Bowls. It's Adrian Peterson, at least for today. He doubled his total yardage for the season. The old veteran, 58 yards a game leading into into today, and uh, awesome game for him. Uh, 
congratulations to Adrian Peterson as he's going to try to inch up that all-time record. Two touchdowns, by the way, again, like I mentioned. So those of you that might have had him on your as your third or fourth running back on your fantasy team, just just in case, what the hell, because he's you know he's still going to get the majority of the carries and maybe, you know, heck, the rest of the free agent market didn't look so great and you had him playing today because somebody else wasn't doing well or they're hurt or they're not playing and bada-bing, bada-boom. That, that guy probably led you to victory today, or at least damn close to it. So good on you there if you're able to pull off that little miracle, my minor miracle, because Adrian's still got skill. He's just, you know, he's just getting a little long in the tooth. But uh, let's go to Los Angeles. The two L.A. teams today, it was the L.A. Bowl and Los Angeles Coliseum. 35-23, to 23, the L.A. Rams are 3-0. and as we used to call them back in the good old days, the L.A. Rams, and they got the white helmets back, which were around way, way, way back in the 60s when they were the original, and they were, well, obviously they were the L.A. Rams back then, and that's way back in the day. They weren't so good, but they looked interesting with those those uniforms. It was a, definitely a different look. Well, last year's Vikings defense frustrated the hell out of this Rams team. They looked good starting off the game, but then that old third-down defense buried the L.A. Rams last year. A very entertaining, fun game. Jarek McKinnon was good in it for the most part. The Rams' defense was strong, but not good enough. For Case, uh, Case Keenan was able to get the job done. The Vikings' third-down defense sunk the Rams again and again and again and again and again in U.S. Bank Stadium, and that was the glass-ceiling game, I called it. The winner of the game was going to get the first round by. The loser of the game was going to get the wild card. The winner was going to be a 12 and 4, 13 and 3, which the Vikings were, and the Rams were 11 and 5, which is exactly what I was predicting. The Rams lost in the first round. The Vikings got to the NFC title game, and that that was it for that one. But we all know how that ended. It still pisses me off. But of course, certain games here and there, the Detroit game, the Carolina game, things would have been dramatically different. Also, maybe uh, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones could have connected on that final play of the game or so. That would have uh, also made a huge, gigantic difference. But instead, here we are, 1-1-1, one, one, and one, after getting blown out at home by the Buffalo Bills. And the Los Angeles Rams have been blowing everybody else out, including a team that I picked to win the AFC this year. Or not win, but participate in the AFC title game. Pardon me, i got to get a little closer to the mic here. Jared Goff, quarterback rating 123.8, three touchdowns, one interceptions. He's still young. He's still going to make mistakes. But the LA Rams are a dangerous bleeping team. Todd Gurley's one of the best running backs in the NFL. He did fumble today, which is, well, Vikings defense needs to create some turnovers. That's the only way we're going to beat the Rams. Turnovers, I mean, that's it. Because we're not stopping anybody lately. Are, are we going to shore up things? Are these young nickel corners like... Mackenzie Alexander, who maybe should, some would say, shouldn't even play another down for the Vikings, but if uh, Trey Waynes, who's looking to get an MRI at some point here, an MRI tomorrow, if that comes up in a bad way, we'll say we're hoping for a negative. Obviously, that means a good thing. There's nothing bad there. If it comes up like it's positive for some type of a tear or break, well, I don't know, man. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander's starting, and there's nothing we can do, along with uh, Hughes. So, I don't know. Hughes did not have a good game today. Alexander, generally speaking, just sucks. And a lot of us are extremely disappointed in him. Xavier Rose didn't have the best game of his life. Um, you didn't really hear anything great out of Harrison Smith, who absolutely earned the uh, <laughs> Fran Tarkington Award two weeks ago. 
you hardly heard anything about him having a good game, and he was not really a factor. Nobody did well. They avoided him for the most part. They were going for the sides because obviously the cornerbacks are young, inexperienced, and not doing a good job out there were the uh, Buffalo Bills today. They avoided the middle for the most part, and that's, again, that's why you didn't hear Harrison Smith as much. But uh, still, it wasn't a good, particularly good game for anybody defensively. They're all kind of part of that unit there. Um, <clears throat> the Vikings can score on the Rams. I feel they can, but will they? Can they stop this Rams offense? It's like they should be able to, but not from what I saw, not from what you saw. I mean, you got all these good players. Cooper Cup, one of the, uh, he's a nice tight end. He didn't have a good game against the Vikings last, last year. We frustrated the hell out of him. Robert Woods has emerged nicely. Ten catches in the game, two touchdowns. Cooper Cup, yeah, I love that name. He did not have a good game last week, but last year, but, well, he's doing better this year. And a lot of people are actually calling the Rams the number one team in football because it ain't the Patriots. I mean, they're down 10 nothing still as I turn my head a little bit here to my left. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what direction I'm even looking. That's kind of sad. It'll also be north. We'll, we'll, we'll call it north also, but, uh, gosh, Patriots can't even do crap. That's unbelievable. Can the Vikings do crap against this Rams defense? Oh, I'm concerned. Obviously, Jared Goff, you know, he again, he had that nice little drive, and it was scary for us, and then it wasn't scary. Jared Goff looked more and more like a guy who was in his second year, a guy who had all this potential in the world, and he's going to be good, but at the same time, that Vikings defense, it was like, okay, the Vikings defense are the adults. Jared Goff is the kid. That's basically what it was. It was uh, little kids playing big kids, and that's kind of what took place last year, and that's why the Vikings were able to cut through that club. But leading into this week, the Rams were 10th in passing yards, 13th in rushing, and 7th in yards per game offensively. So obviously a good offense that looked even better today, 35-23 to 23. again. We'll just keep saying that. Huge game for them, and they're 3-0, of course. They blew out the uh, Oakland Raiders 33-13. to Arizona just stinks, but still, 34-0. to And I kind of think Sam Bradford may have played his last game for the Cardinals, even though Josh Rosen is nothing special. I kind of don't think that guy's ever going to be that great, but we'll see. I think he's got the wrong attitude. He's, he's reminding me of Cade McNown a little bit. Uh, you know, remember how Cade McNown was with the Bears? Extremely cocky. He thought he was all that, and he sucked. Um, well, we'll see. But Sam Bradford isn't proving anything right now either, and that's kind of sad and disappointing. Again, it's a 7:20 start on Fox and slash the NFL Network, depending on where you are, this and that. And, of course, locally it'll be on Fox. NFL Network if you're not, uh, you know, obviously if you're not in Los Angeles or Minnesota, this and that. So the NFL app, particularly if you're a Verizon wireless customer, which I am, so it's a good thing I am because it's really helps for doing this show sometimes. <laughs> Keeping up with other games and, of course, even this club. If uh, I don't get back immediately on time, I'm able to still watch the game, the entire game. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's been it's been a lifesaver. Um, boy, uh, I'm 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 beyond concerned coming into this game. Obviously, just a lot of horrible, <laughs> a lot of horrible indicators leading into this one. So, I mean, it just leaves me sitting here thinking, "There's the Vikings are not going to win this game. And if they do, that would be unbelievably huge. It would be a huge turning point for this team. And again, you, it would just make you say, well, that would be if we beat the Bills, we'd be, we'd be at this stop. Uh, 2-1-1 one one record, so whatever. 
But yeah, all, all you had to do was beat the Bills to get to two one and one, you know. And then it, like if you lose to the Rams, it is what it is. But uh, imagine though, imagine it, it's starting to feel like 2016, isn't it? If we won this game, we we would have could have been and this one and this one. If this didn't, if he didn't drop the ball wide open, you know, we would he would have had a touchdown or whatever. Or, you know, didn't fumble the snap and get an easy field goal. I mean, you could just add a million things, tackle a guy, just one bleeping tackle away from being 12-4 and four versus 9-7, and seven, that type of thing. It causes a chain reaction for this and that. It's starting to look like 2016 again. I don't think the Vikings win the game. I think the uh, LA Rams continue their rush forward. It could be if the Rams just get a little too happy for themselves or the Vikings really superly figure something out and come out like world beaters, which is possible because Buffalo did that. Nobody thought Buffalo was going to come in and beat the Minnesota Vikings today. Nobody. Nobody thought it. Maybe maybe less than 20% of NFL out there, and that's mostly just people over over on the East Coast hoping the Buffalo Bills would beat the Vikings, or of course a little east of here in Wisconsin. They're like, screw the Vikings, go Bills, that type of thing. That's the only reason that you'd get 20% uh, people picking the Bills to beat the Vikings. Uh, but, uh, at this moment, I mean, unless the Vikings come out and surprise us, there's no reason for me to pick the Vikings in this game. The momentum is not on the Vikings' side. It is highly on the Los Angeles Rams' side. They beat a very good team today, and they whooped up on the teams that they should have beaten uh, the last couple of weeks before today. So, I, right now, so far, the Los Angeles Rams have, well, just look at this, 33-34-35 on offense. Are they going to get 36 against the Vikings? The way the Vikings' defense is playing... Wouldn't surprise me. And I hate saying that. I really do. It it, it hurts saying it, but I will say no. <laughs> They're going to get, they might get to 31, but that means the Vikings the, uh, offense has to really come out or, of course, force some turnovers and frustrate Jared Goff. I mean, that's the ultimate way. If you're going to beat this Rams team, you got to get, you know, you got to force a fumble on Gurley and or an interception or two on Jared Goff. And of course, the offense actually has to play this week. They have to actually show up, you know, this week. And that does not mean Laquan Treadwell getting his 33 yards and four catches. It means a little more than that. It means guys getting open. It means Kirk Cousins not overthrowing receivers. It means all the above. A lot of things need to go well for the Vikings to win the game. But with that said, Long story longer, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Minnesota Vikings. Final score of, and again, the Vikings defense is irritating me beyond belief. I am going to say the Rams eclipse 30. I am 31 to 24. I think the Vikings make it interesting for a while. I think they're going to play way better, way better. They're going to score 24 points, but the Rams will have 31, and the LA Los Angeles Rams will eclipse 30 again, but they'll have the lowest scoring game of the season. Yeah. They only had 33 against Oakland. That just sucks. That's weak. But it's going to be 31, so we're going to really show them. That's how unimpressed I am with the Vikings defense right now. The Rams score 31. Yeah. Yep. After last year when the Vikings just dimied that club in U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, Minnesota, go out and prove it. Show me that you are this defensive team you're supposed to be. That's all I got to say. And I know when you're number one one year, you can't be number one forever. Because people get hurt, people drop off, some guy retires, a guy by the name of Terrence Newman retiring isn't good because the IQ of the defense has dropped dramatically with McKenzie Alexander and rookies like uh, Mike Hughes. So, as good as Mike Hughes could be, he's not good yet. He's a rookie. I mean, Xavier Rose was not that great as a rookie. Trey Wayne stunk as a rookie. McKenzie Alexander didn't deserve to be on the field as a rookie. So, again, put that in perspective. 
as Mike Hughes has shown some flashes, but again, he's shown the other side as well. So with that, 31-24, the Los Angeles Rams will beat the Vikings, and the Vikings will be 1-2-1. and one. Heading into Philadelphia. <laughs> well, we'll be back after this for some fan interaction. You'll be hearing Mad Martin's Mad Takes make his grand return to Purple Mafia. Hi, Joey. I thought I'd finally get my uh, proverbial tushing gear and get back on and give you a, a, a catch-up. Second week has come and gone of the new NFL season. I don't know where the time is going, quite frankly. But here we are. I'm getting ready for winter over here, so I'm at the moment uh, winterizing my RV, doing loads of other jobs before I head west for uh, Game 7 against the Jets and then the get home game against the Lions, which I have to say I'm looking forward to. But after two weeks... Um, not sure entirely what to make of it. First game, defence pretty much was on the ball, other than perhaps some deep coverage issues, which were rather eye-opening. Uh, second game, yeah, in hindsight, hey, we've got a tie, so we've got half a game, so ultimately you've got to be happy with that. Uh, defence sputtered somewhat, but the deep heard in that final quarter, thankfully, and Cousins does look like the man. Uh, but... He has got a few issues with wide receivers. Obviously, there's Phelan and uh, our man Diggs. After that, there is a, a quite a significant drop-off. I am concerned with Treadwell. He does remind me of a, a certain player from about 15 years ago. We all know who I'm talking about. Old Butterfingers Troy. Um, kind of reminded me of a couple of those drops. Um, I don't know if you can remember that Denver game where he played and the ball hit his helmet. And it's like, oh my... What have we got here? So, I know they can't get rid of him because of the cap, but there's not a lot of room with the cap space, obviously. So, I've no idea if it's even possible to bring anybody else in, kicker-wise. Yeah, sad to see a guy fail after just two weeks, but ultimately, it's about winning. And if you've got a kick you can't trust in, then they've got to go. Um, yeah, again, old Spillman. Doesn't seem to have, seems to have an issue with um, drafting kickers, doesn't he? Oh, let's draft up to the fifth and be clever. Well, not so clever. We've seen that before. We've seen it with wide receivers. I can uh, remember old Cordaro. It's pretty much the same as uh, our man Treadwell. Both looking like major busts, but it is what it is. Um, Buffalo should be an easy victory, and I certainly hope that perhaps by the middle of the third quarter that they can pull those um, those starters out and give them a bit of a rest being it's on a short week and then a trip to Los Angeles and a, a very tough matchup against the Rams, which I'm not too confident about. Um, I suppose you look at the last four games, um, the Zimmer defence has given up 100-plus points. Um, have teams cracked the Zimmer code? There's a question. Anyway, I'm going to go. Um, as always, Joey, thanks for what you do. Love your podcasts. Love your um, honesty where the Vikings are concerned. Have a great week, my man. And uh, Skull Brothers and Sisters, let's get another victory. And what an awesome feeling it is. Mad Martin is back. Ah, great, great to hear your voice again. Great to hear your voice again, Dave Martin, there out of northern Scotland. Isn't he something? He's the best, isn't he? Oh, man. And 
perfect point there at the end. Uh, have teams cracked the Zimmer code? Something ain't right. Something ain't right. And I know, again, like we've been saying, like you've been hearing on all the local shows as well, and I agree with it, whereas when you're a number one defense, whatever, it doesn't stay that way forever. Sometimes it's just once, like one year or something. But again, there was a buildup, 2015, 2016, it looked unbelievable. And then things unraveled with the offensive line and one thing after another, one guy after another getting hurt. And then last year it was unbelievable. The third down defense was legendary, but also we had very few injuries where, I don't know, that's, that's rare. We were very fortunate. Of course, other guys got hurt, like Sam Bradford. So... (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty important. Uh, it's like, where do we go from here? Um, the defense doesn't look the same. It doesn't. And, of course, again, Terrence Newman kept getting older and older and older, and now he's gone, and he's only so valuable on the sidelines compared to starting uh, games. So, And some of these young guys, no matter how much you teach them, no matter how much you show them this and that, doesn't mean they're going to do it on the field. Just like when I train people at work, I could be the best ever and train the crap out of them. Some people just, it just doesn't get through. It just doesn't. And that's just all there is to say. Incredible call, as always. And of course, yep, and Brent Jacobson, I'm really sorry. I don't know. I, I, ne- I never got it. I never got anything back from Dylan. It's like the guy's just vanished off the face of the earth. He's a busy guy, this and that. But uh, I don't know. It, it's a bummer. Sometimes he doesn't get back to me. So at the end of the day, I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing that others are doing. I'm probably, I'm afraid to even give out the phone line from now on. Just just do just do audio submissions because you can do the phone line, especially if it's earlier in the week, stuff like that, or maybe immediately after the game. I think Dylan's more receptive that way. If it's immediately after the game, he'll get to me on time. Like, just do it right after because, I mean, there's no reason to wait. Comment right after the game, even during the game, this and that. But like how Mad Martin does it is awesome. How he, you know, just do the audio submission route, which of course is, well, I'll tell you at the end, but I'll say it again now as well. Uh, you just use the free voice recording application on any on every smart device that exists. There's always free voice recording applications, usually one that's already built into the, the device. Treat it like a phone call, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. The information will be in the show description, so you can copy and paste it and all that, or whatever you want to do. But it's much easier to do it that way, to be quite frank, because then it comes directly to me, and there's no middleman, and we just keep moving. All right, so let's uh, get to where we need to get here at some point in time. I thought I <laughs> everything's set, and usually I do. Yes, definitely I do have it ready to go, which is great. <laughs> retweets from James Beck out of the UK Vince Germano out of Australia retweeting the most recent show thank you guys very much episode 272 Urban Legends today is of course 273 and it is well called 27 to 0 because that's basically what it was thanks again guys for that really appreciate it let's see where do we leave off uh, there he is Malcolm McSween with the uh, tweet in the middle of the week here he says, correction, Joey, I live in Southern Cal, not North Cali, just about one hour north of L.A., and ju- I just know you've mentioned it in the past on a few pods, going to the Vikings at Rams next week. Excited, and that's cool, Malcolm, very cool. Yeah, I keep saying, I think it's because it's Oak, yeah, is it is the, the name of your uh, town called Oakview? I, I think that's why. It makes me think of Oakland, which is kind of silly. I don't know why I mentally think that way. 
but I did. And that might be why, because Oakland's more Northern Cal, of course. So, very cool. So, more Southern than North. Very cool thought there. Of course, this is more Southern Minnesota than North, I suppose, right? <laughs> the Twin Cities, Golden Valley here, just west of Minneapolis. And I mean just west. And the neighboring, yeah, neighboring suburb of downtown Minneapolis, or the city of Minneapolis. Okay, Mad Martin says, what a BS opening drive. Very poor from our D and yes it was painful start brother 10 to 0 are you kidding me god help them Thursday if they play at this level oh yeah they'll get beat 41 to nothing oh yeah 47 to 3 something like that yeah terrible ass offense and defense Mad Martin again Northern Scotland says this D is beginning to worry me 17 points already I thought Leslie Frazier's on the other sideline WTF exactly Leslie Frazier was a yeah he was pretty the defense was pretty sucky when he was the head coach Mad Martin says he's speechless. I honestly don't know what the bleep is going on. How are they so bad across the board? How? I dread Thursday night. Me too, buddy. And I'm sure everybody does right now. At least most of us. Maybe some delusional, overly excited people that are always overly positive. But they can be positive, I guess. Good for them. <laughs> it's hard to be positive, though, when you experience 25 or more years of Vikings football. Because we've been through everything. We have. 25 plus years, you've seen it all. You've you've seen, well, 25 years, you've seen, you you didn't see Super Bowls, but you've seen everything else. Everything but Super Bowls. So Mad Martin actually does go back into the Super Bowl days a bit, if I remember correctly. He says, unless they turn this around, your show is going to be interesting. Did you get my audio? Yes, I did get it. And the show's interesting, I guess. Uh, very short game review. Very uh, Mike Zimmer-like. His press conference was about six minutes today versus nine minutes last week. So, what does that tell you? About a 50% cut there. Let's continue. No, not 50. 33%. Duh. Uh, Mad Martin says, uh, take it you've given up on this game. Yeah, because I got very, very silent. Is this down to underinvestment on that O-line? Yeah, that O-line needed to be addressed, and the Vikings didn't do it, and they're paying for it. They're paying for it. Brian O'Neill might be good in a couple years, but you needed somebody who was closer to being ready than Brian Bleepin' O'Neill. Pat Elfline was ready last year, and of course this year is health part of me with his helicopter. I have the window open because I just love this nice, comfortable September air. Pardon the helicopter there, guys. Mad uh, Martin says, I have no idea what I'm watching. What is this garbage? Suggest the Ponder Award goes to the whole lot of them. The fans le- that left there deserve one of your gold stars. I think they should. Yep, the fans that hung around. So Dennis goes into the Ring of Honor. This team has taken a collective knee to honor him today. Ouch. Good news. We won the second half 6-0. And yes, we did win the second half 6-0. The defense was better in the second half. But that was, you know, they kept us in the game and the offense did a whole lot of nothing. Another, you know, turnovers or turnover on downs or whatever it was. Several turnovers on downs, by the way. Terrible performance, terrible performance today. Expected a blowout, and they gave us one of the worst performances in a regular season game ever. Case Keenan made the O-line look serviceable last year. His movement outside the pocket allowed him to extend plays. He masked a lot of deficiencies in that O-line. Cousins is a pocket passer. Need I say more? Which shows how stupid this front office was in this offseason. How stupid can they possibly get? How stupid can they get? You know? How stupid can they get? You know, and the Viking success level has always been better with guys that are at least a little bit mobile, with the exception of Christian Ponder, who was a little bit mobile. He just sucked anyway. As long as the guy could throw a freaking football, we were better. I mean, even Favre was more mobile than this guy at this point. But, um, okay. I mean, Kirk Cousins has some mobility once in a while. It's better than Bradford. But still, let's continue. 
And the thing, Bradford actually used to be very mobile when he was in college, but multiple ACLs will do that to you. Let's continue. Uh, Mad Barnes says, I'm seeing a lot of negativity towards Zimmer. How about Slick Rick? That O-line is on him. Oh, a lot of, there are people that have been saying fire both of them today, which is too harsh. Though Spielman, mm, I don't know. I think if this team goes under, I think Spielman is going to get the axe. If this team finishes 6-10, and 10, Zimmer will not get fired. Spielman will. Um, Zimmer will get like one more year type of thing. Yeah, like if this team is mediocre next year, I think he'll be gone too, which is crazy to imagine, but it's crazy to imagine the Vikings actually firing Mike Zimmer, considering how crazy good this defense was. But if it drops off that much, <laughs> I don't know. Then it's like, what good are you? You know, I mean, if you're not good at what you're supposed to be good at, then what good are you? Kind of like Tom Thibodeau with the Timberwolves, which who, who never played defense. And he's supposed to be the best defensive NBA coach ever. Uh, boy, new Timberwolves explosion was released just a few days ago. Do check that out. And, of course, if, if and when Jimmy Butler gets traded in the next few days, there'll probably be another Timberwolves explosion out there. I do believe uh, at least a few of you out there are Timberwolves explosion fans that might be listening. Vince Germano, Tanae Brown, maybe Levi. But Tanae, I do think, does listen. Yeah, yeah, Tanae does listen to this show when he has time. Vince Germano as well, I believe. Vince Germano is actually a Browns fan, which is kind of funny, where Tanae is a Vikings fan. Or so I'd like to believe he is. Yes, <laughs> he is. Um... Browns fan, but Vikings second, I do believe, in Vince Germano's case. Just to be a supportive, awesome friend that he is. Mad Martin will continue. Don't, yep, I was saying I couldn't take it, and that's why I got really silent. I didn't mean to get all quiet on you, Mad Martin. I deeply apologize. He was saying, don't blame you. Basically, they shit the bed today. Mentally, I think the team had already won that game in their minds before it started. Malcolm, McQueen, Malcolm McSween pardon me, says, I can accept the trap game in certain seasons but not when this is a Super Bowl or bust team. And I couldn't agree more on that one, Malcolm. Again, the <laughs> Twitter account is actually at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, the Twitter account. That'll be in the show description as well. And that was the thread I was just in, the Twitter account. Let's get to Facebook. First, I'll give a shout-out to MN Vikings, not Vikes, Vikings Haven. <laughs> Trevor Wickerin, the founder and creator of that Facebook page. Do give that a like and follow and join it and conversate with the other Viking fans out there. Uh, Trevor Wickerin and Mamman Vikings Haven kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on their page, and I can't thank them more. And the least I can do is give them a shout-out on this show and encourage you to join that one as well. So, the Purple Mafia show page is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show, or just look up Purple Mafia show, and if there's two options, if there's a group or a company or page, pick the one that's company or page, not the one that's group. And you will join on board and uh, in-game threads, post-game threads. I'll continue to keep up with the news and pass on news. I'm not breaking news. I'm passing it on. And if it's early, it might be breaking news to you. If it's real early and I pass it on really quickly, which I did quite a bit on Timberwolves Explosion this past week. Again, keep up with that one. I bet you a lot of people are basketball fans. Keep up with Timberwolves Explosion if you could as well. Yep, we did get Dan Bailey this past week and a couple other things. Let's get to some comments on the previous show. Woo, Gerald, that's a biggie. All right, Mark Carlson says, making my Monday great again. Oh, I like it. Yep, because I know what that refers to in a way. Wink, wink. <laughs> making my Monday great again. I was so hyped up yesterday in the game. Listening to the podcast on the way to the office this morning has me all hyped up again. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't imagine what that was like. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, great show as always. Thank you so much, Josh. God bless you. You're awesome. 
Um, Mark Carlson from Iowa, of course, and Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Josh Mayer Henry's going to get into at some point, definitely, along with Justin, his, uh, his brother there in Colorado. Pretty cool. I mean, isn't that cool? You get guys from Colorado. I remember there was Jerry Hicks from St. Louis. I don't know if he still listens. I hope he does. I hope he does. I haven't heard from him in so long. Uh, Todd from uh, Todd Vandermeer from Indiana. I still remember all you guys. I hope you're still around. Todd Vandermeer pops in every now and then. Hope I didn't scare you guys away or annoy you with some something this and that. Um, so many of you. I was getting a thought. Oh yes, that would be a good idea. Like a purple hat that says "Make Monday Great Again." <laughs> like for Purple Mafia. Purple Mafia, make Monday great again. That's kind of fun. That would be a fun idea. <laughs> I wonder how many of you would actually buy one of those. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun. Oh, that's like I never put the effort into making merchandise. Because, I mean, it's like I never... I'm not really good at that kind of stuff necessarily. And I don't know any... I don't really know anybody who is. And anytime I meet somebody that's kind of artistic, they always hate my guts within five minutes because... Because I'm not just like them. Can you kind of guess what I'm hinting at? I'll just let you read between the lines. I don't think the way they do, that type of thing. So they just don't like me right away. And it's like, whatever. So we'll move on from that. We'll see what happens. Let's just say that happened with Timberwolves Explosion right uh, in the past. The person was just silly about it. Silly. I mean, I never said a mean word to that person. But they just couldn't handle the fact that uh, maybe I'm not exactly like them. Hmm. Gerald Spring out of Nebraska says, great show. A tie still feels a little weird, and it looks really weird now on the record. The play of the week was the Clay Matthews roughing the passer, which I thought at the time was just a bad call. After looking at it again, by definition, was technically the right call. He was completely li- he completely lifted Covenants off the ground and then drove him into the ground with 90% of his body weight. Not saying I agree with the rule, but truthfully, when we lose top quarterbacks, whether it's Cousins or Rodgers, the value of the game goes down, i.e. the Vikings at Packers last year was just a joke and quite frankly hard to watch. A healthy Rodgers would have made a much more competitive game. Parentheses, not that I can stand the guy. (laughs) Just giving credit where credit is due. Maybe the NFL is just trying to get this one right. Your thoughts, Joey? I think, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Absolutely, because, yeah, I mean, when you look at guys like Bethard. Like, like, think about it. Look at the San Francisco 49ers last year before they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo. Bethard. Who the hell is Bethard? And it was like he couldn't complete a three-yard pass. I mean, five yards up, incomplete. Uh, it's in the, it's dut, 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 rolling on the ground. You know, the Tavares Jacksons of the world. Spurgeon wins of the world because this guy was out and that guy was out. This and that. It's bad. I mean, in very rare cases, a guy is a backup and ends up being really good like Case Keenum last year. That was surprising. Uh, Nick Foles, shock of the world. But that's so rare. Most of the most of these guys are on, are are a whole lot of crap. Like Hundley, Brett Hundley, and who's the other one? Kaiser with Green Bay. He was terrible uh, as well. Luckily for Green Bay, he came back, and unluckily for the Bears and the rest of us, Mister uh, Mister uh, Mister uh, uh, Rogers, Mister Rogers' neighborhood made his return, and he was our neighbor, and. Let's just say he's not quite as friendly as uh, Fred Rogers. Just not quite as friendly of a guy as Fred Rogers, I think. Not as humble either, yeah. (laughs) My God. Anyhow, I put uh, Vikings cut Daniel Carlson, signed Dan Bailey, to be the new kicker. 
And Mike Zimmer was basically like, I can't believe I'm going to give that reach. That's kind of cool. But there were a lot of shares, and that was a big, that was a slightly big topic last week. I can't imagine why. Uh, but, yep, yeah, Dan Bailey, definitely a established guy, and he's got a lot of skill because that was a pretty impressive squid kick he put out there. But the guys in front of him didn't do jack. Dan Bailey is literally the other candidate for Fran Tarkington Award for the incredibly good kickoff he was able to accomplish and almost help us get back in the game. The Vikings also signed receiver Aldrick Robinson, who made a one catch for nine yards and returned one of the kickoffs for 21, which was okay, but unfortunately the kick was so deep that it didn't matter a whole lot anyway. <sighs> oh, and the Vikings did bring back Tom Johnson. Yes, very cool. Let's see what people said. Yeah, there was nobody... Oh, there's comments on the kicker. Huh, shame on me. Brent Jacobson locally here in the Twinkie Cities says, I hope they can keep him on the practice squad, that being Dan ba uh, Daniel, not Dan Bailey, Daniel Carlson, Sebastian Barton locally now, says, can I watch kicks now? Yes, you can. Uh, Ali Sidikai says, uh, he responded to Sebastian, says, I actually thought about looking away before the last kick. Yeah, that probably would have been better. Curtis Pate, who uh, got to be a star last week. I called him David Pate. Curtis Pate, bronze star winner last week. Nice debut, Kurt Pate. Curtis Pate, nice debut. Hope hope you're a listener, and I think maybe he's at very least certainly involved at the page. He says, now we need to send Treadwell's hands and Carlson's leg to the Salvation Army. That ain't good enough for goodwill. Ooh, that's funny. Oh, my. Ooh, that was uh, something. Wow, he's liked the page since 2016. He just hasn't posted in forever. Curtis Pate, huh? Let's see. Hmm, now I'm very curious. I'm very curious where he's from, just because, uh... Ah, uh, come on. Oh, West Virginia, huh? Okay. West Virginia. See, look, look, look at that. Isn't that cool? Uh, and I like, I like your, uh... I, hope I like your Facebook title, too. I'll leave that where it is, though. Pretty cool. Uh, Ali Sidikai says, Would have been great if Carlson made the game winner, but they also would have stuck with him much longer than they should have probably... He'd still be here, too, if they didn't go to overtime. Yep, Carlson. Yeah, that's the strange part. We'll see what happens, though, at the end of the day. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Interesting thoughts by uh, Ollie there, and I agree. Lance Doring says, uh, thank you. Jan Novak says, yep, Lucy pulling the ball away from Charlie Brown. Lucy Van Pelt and Charlie Brown. Ugh! Yep. Justin Mayer Henry says... He turned down four other teams and chose us. He knows this team is serious. Until today. <laughs> uh, Mark Carlson says, How long do we keep hoping a player will produce Tavares Jackson, Christian Ponder? Yep. Players will produce Tavares Jackson, Christian Ponder, and after years of nothing, we add treadmill. <laughs> Better to see it now in Carlson, like Ali says, than to carry on in hope. Yep. Yep. Heard back locally in the White Bear Lake says, I like how quickly they responded. It shows they're serious, and I'd like to believe so. Boy, too much kicker talk, isn't there? Eric Mustard has been pretty good. He says, and there goes a draft pick that could have been spent on an O-line. Yeah. Gerald String says, can't agree more. Why the hell waste a draft pick on a kicker or a punter? Yeah, I'll never understand it. I mean, I will never, ever understand that. Hmm. It's the most bizarre, strange thing. Fifth-round pick. <laughs> we could use an offensive lineman. Uh, Leland Elberson out of Iowa has a lot to say here. He says, 
I'm with you guys. Glad the decision was made fast. Look how long they kept Walsh around and what it cost us in the end. I feel sorry for Carlson, but as hard as the team played, linemen outdid themselves. Last minute catch to keep us in the game, etc. Only to miss, only to miss them field goals. And the last one was a pooch shot. Is is just not acceptable for a team that wants to make a Super Bowl run. Maybe next good news is that BB moves up to number four. Yeah, maybe, but he hasn't yet. Uh, Leland continues saying his last season of the Cowboys, he was 75% of his attempts and went 26 of 28 in extra points. Prior to that, I mean, 88% and 99% in the extra points. 88% field goals. Gerald String says, one down, one to go. Anyone have a clue why the bleep we got rid of Jerry is right? I couldn't agree more. The right, right in my book kills me. We keep crappy players for years and all the, and all JW did was keep drives alive. Yep, absolutely. Oh, man, it breaks my heart. breaks my heart. It really does. Oh, I can't even click like. I hate that stupid thing. I read that cutting Treadwell would hurt the Vikings cap. Why do I think he currently counts $2.8 against the cap? But if we cut him, it costs over $5 million against the cap. That's dumb. God, that's dumb. Oh, Daniel Ogle, where did he come from? <laughs> well, at least I thought I saw him. Oh, no. I just lost my place. Gerald String. Oh my goodness, lots of back and forth. They're talking about the cap. I'm going to keep going because this is too long. Yeah, we'll wrap up with Dave Vicky here. Dave Vicky says, I think this is great news. I totally agree with Leland and Gerald's statements. Plus, Bailey is a veteran, so he may miss a kick here and there, but he's not going to miss three in one game and not a chip shot 35-yarder. That Carlson kid looked scared when he came in the game for the game winner. I just knew he was going to miss. As for Treadwell... He should have his spot taken. BB, that kid caught everything, and he is the next Adam Thielen, and I think that's extremely possible, actually. That does not go beyond the realm of possibilities, in my opinion. So we mercifully move away from the kicker conversation there. <laughs> Great comments, though. And yeah, I mean, there was like a lot of comments back and forth about the cap after Brent mentioned that, so I wanted to keep going. It gets too long. So now we brought in this Eldrick Robinson, who got nine yards today. Curtis Pate says, so does this mean we can finally say goodbye to Treadwell? And God say, uh, John Flatland saying, God, let's hope so. Leland says, oh, maybe, maybe my good news I'm waiting for. Mike Feller, Stu Evans says, it will keep Treadwell off the field if nothing else. Gerald String says, I uh, never heard of this guy. Yeah, I really hadn't either. Jason Haas says, I keep, I, I say keep Treadwell, just put him as punt and kick return for now. We could use his speed. If that doesn't work, send him to the practice team. He is, after all, a rookie. There might still be a place for him. Oh, he's not a rookie anymore. It's his third year, believe it or not. Um, <coughs> time will tell if he doesn't do anything with the extra chances, then cut him. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's not a rookie. Uh, you might be thinking of someone else, but yeah, that's okay. Uh, boy, let's see. Dave Vicky says, I, I, uh, I've heard the name, but don't remember his play on the field. Unimpressive. They need to move BB up to the active roster and put their number one mistake on the bench. Yep. Number one mistake is right. Good thoughts, Dave Vicky there. Yep. The Vikings bring back Tom Johnson, which is great. Ali Siddiqui says, good move. Mark Carlson says, stack it up and stack it up. And that would be great. Uh, nothing... Impressive out of anybody defensively today, though, unfortunately, to say the least. 
And then now here's the thread where it talks about the Vikings getting Tom Johnson and Dan Bailey. Brent Jacobson says, this shows me the Vikings are very serious about winning. Ali says, both good moves. Fred Meister says, I want to see him in Viking purple, not a Cowboys uniform. Ugh. Leland Albertson says, very nice. Wanted to see a winning team from what I've seen. Leland says, my dad used to say this. Teams that want to be great must demand greatness from themselves. Yep, very cool. That is, that is good, and they didn't today, unfortunately. And then the thread about the guys missing the game here. Delvin Cook, of course, did not play. Everson Griffin was also out. And David Morgan says, can't see. Well, Jim Jacobson says, we still should be able to crush them. Oh, I wish. Craig Christopherson says, Brent Jake, you don't crush grapes. You stomp them. You will learn soon enough. Ha, <laughs> ha. Jay Krupinski says, no big deal. We got Rock and Boone ready to go. And we also just brought on Johnson. No worries. Uh, and everything went downhill. Fred Meister says, will Delvin Cook ever be healthy? I hope so, because that was frustrating. But, um, yeah, Mike Boone didn't do a whole lot. And Rock never saw the field. Johnson played a little bit. But, again, nobody defensively was all too spectacular. Let's just uh, move on to, uh, I'll take a tiny bit here at the end. Gerald String says Ponder Award for Zimmer for drafting a kicker. And I'm not sure if it was him, though. I think it was uh, Spielman, but we'll see. And still having Treadwell on the roster. He was less horrible today, I guess. In addition to cutting Jarius Wright, you have to trust that management knows what they're doing. Well, I don't. Yep, that's what that's what he said, and I agree with him. Uh, I agree with uh, Gerald Swing says he's saying he doesn't. Urban Legend trying to purchase a Super Bowl championship. Targeting to an award, Josh Allen and the Bills team were hanging in there. After a rough start and pulling off the unthinkable, if it has to be a Vikings award, then one of the Mayor Henry studs that said the fans for not leaving, maybe any Vikings fans for putting up with zero championships since 1966, then watching this debacle. Yep, uh, Gerald String also said, well, at least there's one bright spot in tonight's game. We couldn't watch it in my area. Ooh. Mayor Henry, yep, jo Josh Mayor Henry says Ponder Award, the total team effort. Yep. Not a damn player in this team came to play. Targeting award goes to the fans of the state. Yep, that was Josh there. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, It's been a long time since I stopped watching a game before it was over. I always held to the bitter end attitude. I'm so close to walking away from this one right now, and I don't blame you. Justin Mayor Henry says Dan Bailey might be an easy check today. <laughs> yep. While thinking, yep, just making money. Maybe I shouldn't have signed with this shit team. Yep, <laughs> Joey recording this show at all will get MVP. Ooh. Well, I made it. I didn't want to. Believe me, I didn't want to. And it's still well over an hour. God, yeah, that much means I got to keep moving on. Time to move on. Let's get to the post-game thread and wrap up this show. Because <laughs> it's too long considering what a crappy game this was. Cortland... Frontin, uh, Frontron, sorry, just has uh, the, the emoji re, uh, throwing up, and I don't blame you there. Justin Mayor Henry says, one, one, and one. Looks nice and clean, at least, as long as the Packers lose today, and we clean clean this mess up, there is hope. Get this trash exposed and fixed as soon as possible. Well said, indeed. Uh, Curtis Pate says, what, th what thread, LMFA LMFAO? We choked like always, LOL. We are not consistent. We need to give Mike Tice a call because clearly Zimmer can't win week to week. He is clearly in over his head. Whoa, look at you. Trey Buckle says Curtis paid 13-3 and last year. He clearly wins 
And Curtis responds with, and 38-7 to in the playoffs, LOL. Same thing today, looked, looked good enough just to tie last week, just like the playoffs last year, just enough to beat the Saints on a miracle, then completely choke the next, L-M-F-A-O. We are not consistent, and it starts with Zimmer, play calling and coaching, and that 13-3 and was because Rodgers was out and the Bears and Lions were shit. Hmm. I think Zimmer, well, that defense is pretty damn good, though. The, for me, the third down defense was incredible last year, so I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm that quite going to be that harsh on the Vikings, but, oh, I'm extremely pissed off, though, about the performance today, so don't get me wrong. Gerald String says, not going to get any easier on short week and a nice plane ride out west. Yep. Chris Porter, Chris Porter, welcome on board, says, at least Green Bay lost. Maybe the Bills can take over take over them next week. And that's going to happen possibly because the divisions play each other. So we play the Bills, they play the Bills. This type of thing. The divisions so we play the uh, AFC East this year. That type of thing. Jeff Holmgren says, can they pass for more than 6 and six to 10 yards? Do a dump, dump pass with 3 minutes left in the game instead of going for the touchdown? Only thing that saved them getting a touchdown was the penalty. Bad O-line, like always. Bad play calling. Can't adjust your offense to the other team's defense. Basically, same old Vikings play today. Was really hoping the score was going to be 57 to zilch. Wow. And he, he, he didn't say zilch. I did. James Beck out of the UK says, Ben and Ben and Band rehearsal. What the bleep happened? I'm not sure. Unbelievable. Oh, he was, ban, he, he was at band rehearsal, basically. What the bleep happened? So he came home and saw it. Brett McCarthy says, disgrace at home. Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson? Moose Johnson? Hmm. Says, why? Couldn't believe it. Gerald Spring. That is a big one. Woo, that's a big one. Gerald Spring's going for that, that gold here. He says, no matter what I feel, the rest of the season will be mediocre at best. That's what I'm afraid of. I think Gerald's summing this up in a pretty good package here. I'm very concerned that this team is just going to be out of the first round this year if they make it. I, I'm kind of feeling that. I'm very concerned. And I, sure, it's not time to panic, but Judd Zolgad said it today, too, that uh, if you're not worried about the way this team played today, something's wrong. I mean, <laughs> something's wrong here. Seriously. So let's get back to what Gerald said so I could wrap up the show. No matter what I feel, the rest of the season will be mediocre at best. Don't know what happened, but this is not a championship caliber team. 40-plus years following me and looks, following for me, sorry to me, and looks like the same old, same old. We always think we can buy our way into a Super Bowl championship, but you just can't pay $84 million guaranteed to one guy, and just it just doesn't work. Not that Cousins is a bad guy. Patriots don't roll that way, and neither do most championship teams. You could argue the Broncos a few years ago, but Manning re- but. Did Manning really bring that home for the Broncos? Not really. And no, uh, as I cut in here and jump in, it was the Broncos' defense. Manning was, at best, a game manager at that stage of his career. I mean, he was toast. Um, Gerald continues saying, being a Vikings fan is like watching the movie Groundhog Day. How many times have we tried now to buy a Super Bowl championship? It doesn't, can't, won't, will not, never, don't, doesn't work. Oh, well. But they'll keep trying. Zimmer's a great guy, but doesn't realize you need your best players on O and defensive line. Quit drafting kickers and receivers. Please, just quit doing that. Please, get some studs on the O-line. As for 2018, no matter how good we get, we will all be worried about 
when the team that played the Eagles and Bills shows up again. Don't trust these guys at all on the big stage. I just don't. Skull. I guess next Super Bowl run in 10 years. Ouch. Yep. Yeah, that's what it could be because that's usually how it is. Mark Carlson out of Iowa, which I'm sure you knew already because I mentioned it already on this show. He says, I can't believe what I saw today. And then I feel sorry for Mad Martin, who must have been up late to catch the game. Exactly, because, yeah, it's, you know, it's quite a bit east of here. It was a waste of a real nice day here in Iowa as well. Skull, what the hell, Mark from Iowa. I feel you in a big way. Beautiful day. And I went for a long, long walk after. Long walk after the game. That's why you're seeing my steps uh, crashing. I mean, going way up there. So skyrocketing, because I went for a really long walk and listened to... uh, Mackie and Manny, we'll call them, on 1500, and then a little bit of the others. But uh, I always listen to the, those post-game shows to hear how the fans are and just to hear the perspective of the local media. And I couldn't really disagree with anything anybody said. I also listened to the Purple Podcast, which is, of course, you know, also 1500-related, and Judd Zelgad and Matthew Collar. Woo, Judd summed it up perfectly, like saying, no, you, you have every right to be worried after this because all the indicators tell you something's wrong here. I mean, we're giving up huge holes defensively. On the on the edges, it's not out in the flat. It's on the side. It's on the edges, and it can be in the flat as well, considering the uh, the cornerbacks and the slot corners and such. The slot corners are awful, so the flats open and the edges are open. The only place where they're really worried is in the middle, because obviously, Mister uh, Harrison Smith is probably as good a safety as you'll ever get. So, there it is. So, am I concerned? Damn right I am. In closing. And ultimately closing here, let's pass out the stars. The gold stars got to go to Gerald String. I mean, he went for the gold and he got it. Boy, Gerald String, gold star for this week's show. Mad Martin's got to get a gold-plated silver star. All those uh, passionate tweets and the awesome uh, call. Got to get a gold-plated silver star. A lot of you guys, you just deserve them all the time. I mean, Malcolm always deserves a star. He's going to pick up a bronze today, uh, as is uh, multiple people here. Um... Josh Meir Henry's definitely got to get a bronze as well. Awesome day today. Uh, Josh Meir Henry, silver-plated bronze star. Awesome show today for you. Malcolm, thank you for the nice tweets and everything. Um, gotta love what you guys bring to the show. I can't thank you enough. Uh, it just looked like another one of those games. And when the Vikings have a good team, they don't have games like this. So this tells me it's just a plain Jane indicator that uh, it's, I don't know. It's uh, going to be worse than better, I think, unfortunately. But maybe maybe we're wrong, and we'll be shocked, and I hope so. Let's see it happen, though. So with that, let's take a break. Let's enjoy this wonderful autumn weather. The rain is gone. We can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> as I remember, it was fairly nice out. It was a nice last hurrah, warm, sunny day last week as I was closing this show out. The, the sun was obviously long gone, as it is right now as well. It's dark as I'm recording this. But... Um, in came the rain uh, in the afternoon on Monday, and it just lasted all the way until <laughs> till almost till like Friday a bit. Yeah, it was still misting on Friday morning. Unbelievable. That's a lot of rain. It was ridiculous. So this time around, there is no rain, and it's going to be a nice dry week. So thank God. Maybe a little bit of rain Monday night, at least locally in the Twin Cities. So let's enjoy this nice, unbelievable weather as we head into October, late September, early October. Some of the best time of year for that. The humidity is pretty much gone and it's just more than worth it wonderful time to get some exercise and and not even break a sweat while you're doing it so that's what i plan to do even after the show so just want to wish you all a nice comfortable enjoyable week 
sorry that uh, Mad Martin had to stay up late and watch that garbage. I feel for you. But your loyalty is worth its weight in gold. It really is. Um, so thanks again. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, I'll probably, oh yeah, I probably should say, I'll probably be recording Saturday or Sunday. Probably just Sunday to keep things standard because it'll be a week until the next show anyway. So that's just a heads up. I can't record Friday. I just can't, unless it's raining, which I hope it isn't. I hope it's not. Saturday, maybe, but I doubt it. But Sunday, very sure. Yeah, Sunday at the latest, the show will get out in the Sunday evening, just like it normally does. So God bless you. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>